I'm not a crook. Read my lips. No new taxes. And didn't inhale? The internet is not something that you just dump something on. It's not a big truck. It's, it's a series of tubes. Senator, you're no Jack Kennedy. It fooled me. We can't get fooled again. I prefer the Walmart parking lots to the beaches. Ah! It's the Sam and Derek Show. I can see Russia from my house. Greetings. Hello and welcome to the, the Sam, Sam and Derek, Derek Show. Every time. All right. This is our all-Alaskan episode. Absolutely. So, I'm Sam. I'm a liberal. I'm Derek. I'm a conservative. And we both live in Alaska. We love to debate politics. And so we thought we'd make a podcast where we made it your problem. Exactly. Uh, except for this episode, this would be one of our special episodes where we do all things Alaska. All Alaskan episode. Again, right. I'm so pumped. Yeah. So we got we got everything. We got armored vehicles. Uh, we've got Yakutat alpacas. We've got massive amounts of money going into our infrastructure. We got Russians and Chinese on our doorstep. We've got a flood of things happening right here in Juneau, Alaska. <laughs> yep. And then we got we and then for a while we just kind of sit down, just be friends. We just talk, talk about yeah, haircuts and how our lives are going. Yeah. So it's it was a fun episode, and uh, I hope you enjoy it like we did. Yep. Well, tune in and shut up because it's time for the show. Welcome to our All Alaska episode. Everything Alaska, right? Exactly. Starting with if the Alaska. It is it's the new got, uh, sexy, sporty new EV pickup largest, truck. We've got the largest, world's largest cup holders in a vehicle here. Oh, oh, you thought we were talking about the state of Alaska? No, oh, no, sir. No, 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 mm-hmm. no, no. Just electric trucks yeah. named Alaska. Yes. I can see why you'd be confused. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. See, that's, and that, this is what inspired the episode, too, actually. Exactly. All right. So the uh, Fisker Alaska EV features the world's biggest cup holders. Is that is that why you buy your vehicles, the size of the cup holder? You're darn tootin'. Actually, to be, actually, to be honest, like, to be candid, like, I have a problem because, like, well, I have a lot of problems. I have, I have, I have a drinking, your vehicles. I have, yeah, yeah, I have right. a drinking problem, no. <laughs> which is that is I drink a lot of coffee, and so I have these okay. huge mugs. And actually, having a big cup holder would actually be a benefit because, like, a lot of my big like coffee mugs don't fit in my co- coffee holder, so mm-hmm. I'm holding it and then I'm splashing all over my nice slacks. Like, it's an issue. Okay. Other other stats. It'll have a expanding bed that ranges from four point five to seven point five feet. Things depending on whether or not you have kids in the back seat, you know it looks okay. I I just looking at the pictures of their car. It's it's Fisker, which is some startup. There's all these electric vehicle startups that are happening right now. Yeah, the government's just flooding the money, and they're gonna it's gonna create a bubble, and then it's gonna collapse, and all these businesses well, are all, gonna well, go out of business. I don't think it's gonna be a bubble that leads to the collapse. A lot of these aren't gonna do well, but uh, there's a lot of demand, and well, just they won't be able to supply. There, there isn't though. There, there. Yeah, there, the there's just pumping money into it, and there well, isn't. There's... There isn't a market for it. Oh yes, no. There's a lot of demand for electric vehicles. Okay, that is that is shown, I think. But anyway, no. The uh, the Alaska here, it's it's a you know as far as electric vehicles go, it's a good looking one. Like yeah. a, it's a pretty, yeah, it's, it's a a interesting truck, looking. Yeah. Um, it's I think a... it would be useful in Alaska. That that was what I was trying to figure out was would an Alaskan buy an Alaska truck. 
So I will answer that as we get later on to our segment because that brings up something funny that I was wondering as well. But it's it's a heavier truck. It's uh 1,500 pounds and up. What, what's interesting about this truck is it's modular, right? So you can buy a bunch of different upgrade packages depending mm-hmm. on battery size. Also, the uh, dimensions of the motor, not the engine, the motor. Mm-hmm. It starts off with a 275 horsepower, but you can get up, up I believe you can buy up to a 325 horsepower because 275 is actually not that powerful especially mm-hmm. for a vehicle of that size. But they claim it can go to 0 to 60 in like 7.2 seconds or 3.9 seconds, yeah. 4 seconds, which, you know, that's what they say. Yeah. I, I guess so. With the more powerful one. Yeah, but it's about the size of Ford Maverick. Um, it's, uh, I believe it's their starting price is like $25,000, which is super reasonable. It, yeah, actually. Um, the only problem is, of course, they haven't actually made any of them yet. That's yet. true. Yes. Yeah. You can yeah. pre-order them for $250. When will it, you get it? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> well, I know I pre-ordered your book. Yeah, and who who knows when that'll drop? I was I was gonna say like people are pre-ordering Teslas and those aren't coming. And that's an existing car company. Yes, but anyway, no, it's an interesting vehicle. Uh, you know, as as conservative as I am, I I've seen I have family that owns electric vehicles and I think they're pretty neat. Like yeah. just in terms of you're saving a lot of time and money on maintenance because you don't have all the grease you have to worry about. The fact you're driving a small like a box that contains explosions <laughs> and that's what's operating your system. Like I, I you get frunks with the electric vehicle. What is a frunk? The front trunk because there's no engine in it. Oh, I never considered that. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. You can like double your body carrying capacity. Yeah, because they still have that big space up front so that you're not like driving at the front of the car, you know, because if you hit something, then <laughs> you, you get hit right away. So they still have like that crumple zone area, but it's, there's no motor or engine in there, right? Yeah. So, so fun, it's more storage. That's space. interesting. I never considered that. I, actually, I have driven a car, a cab where you're right up front. It was a Japanese model. Hmm. Funny hmm. story, but I won't get into that. <laughs> Uh, anyway, yeah, no, uh, just a, just a fun little story. And when they come out, I might consider getting one. By by the time they probably are being oh, produced, oh, yeah, I, might be in yeah. the, I might be in the market for a new truck. Or yeah, this says early twenty twenty five. So you know, push that back another five 2035. years. Twenty thirty five. Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> okay, and uh, yeah, so I, what do you think of the name Alaska for a car? Just like not even electric vehicle, but like. For a car, you think would you, you think that's good good branding? Because you know this is our Alaska episode. Oh, I think it's wonderful branding. Yeah, like um, yeah, no Alaska. You just think of it; it's majestic, it's beautiful, mm-hmm. and I'm, and that's me who lives here. Like <laughs> I'm sure other people like we're just this crazy like barbarian paradise. So yeah, you want to create a you want a pickup truck? Um, yeah, I'd would, I would name it the Alaska. It's it's a little kind of a girly name, but still like it's yeah. still majestic. Yeah, no, it's not. I mean, Alaska kind of sounds feminine. It ends with an A. Oh, okay. Yeah, I I think it's a uh, yeah, it's it's good branding. And you know what? If you were to describe Alaska with a vehicle, a pickup truck, I I think I don't know if this has a four wheel drive, but I would do a four wheel drive pickup truck to be the Alaska vehicle, like. Subaru meets pickup truck. I would think about like amphibious snow. <laughs> with, yeah, yeah. With the you can put tra- treads on it yeah. as a, as an option. That would be that. Would I think be... like an amphibious snow machine would probably <laughs> last guy. You know. Uh, let's see. This uh, this company's it's a startup. They haven't actually made any cars yet. Their other one they're planning is called the Ocean. Uh, well, that's no. I I it's worse. Now. Yeah. Hey, what do you drive? I drive an Ocean. Uh, what? The ocean chose me. <laughs> Get out of here. 
<laughs> I have to go return the heart of the Petey. <laughs> Driving Alaska like a real man. <laughs> okay. All right. Any any other comments before we get to actual state news? Nope. Okay. <laughs> All right, a few other smaller stories we were going to get to here. Let's see, was this our next one? Oh, yeah. So oh, right, our local local police department here uh, dropped a little over a third of a million dollars to, to buy us a new uh, armored transport vehicle. Yes, for their... the police department purchased an armored security vehicle and then uh, didn't announce it to the public. So I thought the controversy about this was because they used city money, which they didn't. They apparently used a Homeland Security grant to get yeah, the so federal money. Yeah. Uh, and and so this comes from, I think, uh, it doesn't say in the article, but, you, you know, a lot of surplus military vehicles then get transferred to police departments. And that is that is what's controversial. I can, I can kind of see why it would be a controversy because it should be an open market. I'd want to buy one too. And I should have just as much right as the police department. Well, you know, and my militia should well, have just as much that's right. That's where the Hummer vehicles came from. Was Those are basically civilian models of military vehicles. They're yep. just Hummers. As were the Jeeps. And Oh, that's right, right. That's a good point, Jeeps. As were a lot of early motorcycles. Yeah, well, I don't think though. You're, you're not going to be crushing descent. From a motorcycle, like maybe horseback. Well, back but... back in the day, you know, when most people were on bikes or foot, like yeah, okay. if you had a motorcycle, you were crushing some descent. <laughs> so I, I mean, yeah, I'm a bit wary of uh, our police department militarizing. Uh, it was used once, as far as we know, uh, where there was some standoff, an armed standoff with someone who had issues. I don't think that ended well for anybody. Uh, I don't remember. I think it ended worse for the person who wasn't in the armored vehicle. Yes, that yeah. is true. But the <laughs> the police department had the armored vehicle on on site there uh, during the standoff for their protection. You know, and we were talking a little bit earlier about this. Uh, you know, the concerns of uh, liberals, I would say, would be uh, that you know, if you have a militarized police, if you're protesting something that uh, the government is doing. This is what allows them to basically crack down on the population who might not like what uh, authoritarian-leaning mayors, yeah, people in power might be doing. Uh, this is this could be used against the people rather than the police department being of the community. It is instead ruling over the community. Tools can always be misused. Um, yeah. I'm kind of wondering what the, what the function of it is. I mean, besides the one standoff, like... I don't think it's, it's like, armed. I, I don't think it's got like a tank turret on it. No, no. I think it's, it's just an armored trans, uh, armored uh, personnel transport. But yeah. um, I mean, I don't really see... Like, we don't really have any huge gangs as far as I know in Juno. Like, and like the crack dens that you would want to bust up, like those guys are packing knives, if okay. anything. So, I mean, I don't see, I don't see the need for it. I mean, I think it's badass and cool and I'm glad we have one, but I don't, I don't see the purpose for it. So with the concerns about the community, I, you know, I'm, I'm, although I'm very anti-authority, I do like, I, I'm not so worried about it. Cause again, like a lot of these police officers, a lot of them go to my church. A lot of them go to old mm. churches. Well, now I'm too. concerned. I know like a lot of police officers, I know I have a police officer too that live down my street. Like I, these are people mm-hmm. that, you know, where they live, you know, their families are. They're very much part of your community, and if they did ever decide to become totalitarian, again, we know where they live. So, I mean, it's it's not a not a big issue, I don't think. And um, in some ways, we're lucky enough to be in a small enough community where that happens, where we don't have uh, 
faceless drones yeah, enforcing laws. Yeah, in uh, you know, if you're in a bigger city, you you don't get that uh, that connection to you know local police, uh, and that's that's what a lot of the uh, protests, Black Lives Matter, and things like that were about is the fact that the police were this occupying force rather than a community force. That that is what the 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 protests in the cities <laughs> over the past several years have been about in a lot of ways. Um, I I just thought it was an excuse to riot and steal, which is kind of what it was, but and a cash grab for the uh, for its organizers. But um, I mean, yeah, I mean that's not the was, case here. Yeah, yeah, and we're we're lucky because uh, you know you, we're in a small tra- town, and you know. Try that in a small town, right? Exactly. No, it's actually funny you should say that. Um, it's actually just before I came here, I was stopping by Super Bear just to get yeah. some get some supplies and to get a burrito before coming here. And I, I saw a, one of our local men just grab hold of a scruffy looking meth head and just yeah. like who was trying to, to to shoplift. And two guys just held him held him down until police showed up. And I saw the police show up. And, oh wow! So yeah, it's just like community communities working with each other again. Mm-hmm. Try that in a small town. You try a shoplift in Juneau. <laughs> yeah we'll take you so no that's good stuff but no we do live in a good community and part of the reason it is good good community is we have an effective police force um and they're well tied least, in yeah at least i think we have enough trust with our police force and that's something that makes a police force effective is if they have the trust of the community i agree and and again that's why a lot of the prog- the, the uh protests were happening in over the past several years in cities is the police lost the trust of the communities. And so armored vehicles like this is something where you're like, I'm not sure if I'm going to trust these people to be my neighbors if they're also enforcing the law from behind an armored vehicle. And again, we should open the market so we can all get armored vehicles. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I'm just, I, I, the only controversy is I'm butthurt that I don't have the option to get one, right? Where's my shot at a grant to go get me like a APV? I, how I, heavy was this vehicle? Did it say? I like, yeah, it's, it's an armored vehicle top built on top of an F550. It's basically like, it's basically like a technical, not made by poor people. So right. they, they, they use ch- chassis of a civilian model and then just built armor onto yeah. it. So what I was going to say is, you could probably build your own armored vehicle. I don't know if that would be street legal. Thanks for the great uh, idea, Sam. But I, yeah, I mean, it doesn't have weapons on it, so well, you that's know, their mistake. See, I, that's something I could do. Uh, well, then it wouldn't be street legal. I think uh, when you own the streets, you make the laws. Yes, if you if you had a private, <laughs> it's it's legal in your driveway. That is, uh, that's your property. You are allowed to enforce whatever street laws you want on your own driveway that is true i am the law okay did we did we get to the bottom of that one uh no not at all all right uh next one i thought was just funny this this goes out to all you musicians out there in alaska all you strumming pipe blowing drum banging Uh, weirdos the the photo on this article is actually a a band that I, I know some of the members of. Anyways, a uh, a nonprofit group is trying to do a music census of Alaska, trying to count uh, how many musicians we've got here and their impact. Do they categorize them by music type out of curiosity? Because that would be interesting. Ooh, I, I don't know. I, uh, I would think there'd be a lot of bluegrass. Uh, yeah, folk. Uh, yeah, but at least that's big around here in Juneau and surrounding communities. I don't know what it's like up north. 
There's a lot of the same. I mean, like I don't know if there's a lot of like thrash metal bands coming out of like Nat Natchuk or whatever. Well, but we've got a few metal bands here in Juneau. I happen to know. I used to be part of one. Yeah, you were. Yes, I was in the band. We had a little garage band with uh, my high school friends. We were were called Decapitated. Gee, we I don't narrowly remember. escaped being called Pwned by Lions. <laughs> Decapitated was a much better name. I don't remember you doing that at all, or you doing any music. No, I mean I was a I was a vocalist and frontman. I was I was oh, okay. I had a very short stint, but I practiced. You know, oh. I, I growled into a microphone and shredded my vocals. Like it was it was an interesting time. Okay, I don't I don't see this is being done by the an Anchorage based nonprofit called the uh, uh, Northern Culture Exchange. So I don't don't see if it is categorizing the music here. Well, what defines how would what do they mean musicians impacting community? Like what is exactly what is, what does that mean? Like what are, what are the parameters of that question? Well, let's see. To take the survey here, individual artist or teacher or music business. So it's usually it actually means the economic impact. Okay, so like uh, how much ticket sales are they doing? Sure, ticket like, sales um this is also for teachers, so I guess if you're in a school teaching music or if you're teaching music lessons. Okay. Uh, you know, I did take violin lessons and piano lessons when I was little, so that would be some impact. Uh, here we go. How many of us are there? How big is the Alaska music scene? How do we impact our communities? That's all the questions. Okay. I was wondering if, like, the impact on the community was, like, this actually great esoteric question about, no. like, how is Alaska music actually changing <laughs> the human soul and, like... Our consciousness here in Alaska. No, that's what the musicians are asking. Okay, this is actual nonprofit. The census is asking the musicians, "How many are you? Are you?" That's a pity. I think it'd be interesting to ask like them, like, "What type of music do you do on average?" or or give multiple types, and then we could kind of graph that out. I'm curious to know, like, how many country bands we are, how many folk, how much death metal. Like, I'm curious about that. That's an interesting question. Trying to find. I'm. I'm not going to take the actual survey here because I'm. Not a musician or a music uh, business. Nor do I play one on the radio. Yes, nor as as much as we uh, got into our our, the the closest we're ever going to come was the last our last episode where we uh, discussed uh, try that in a small town. That's right. Speaking of which, yeah, as music go, there's another big country song that's hitting. Did you hear about this? Uh, Oh, Richmond, North North of Richmond, North of Richmond. Yeah, I did listen to that, and I I also didn't think it was. That interesting. You know, I really didn't either. Like, I liked the song and I liked the message, but it's, I didn't think it deserved all the attention it got. So that's, yeah, I I like the song. Don't get me wrong. And and the musician seems like a really down to earth guy and I like the messaging and everything, but it's, it just seemed kind of. Yeah. I don't know. It was just, yeah, not exciting music to me. Nothing firebrandy there. Uh, And the message I was kind of confused by because, yeah. It was who? Who are they attacking? Rich people or politicians? Or they think that's the same thing? It wasn't quite clear. No. Anyway, that's yeah. That's being hailed by conservatives. Uh, I think they asked about that at the at the uh, Republican debate. I didn't watch that. Did you? I did not watch the Republican um, debate. I meant to today, but I didn't yeah. have time. All right. Well, it's not relevant to this episode because this is the Alaska episode. That's right. It's so darn, we, we darn can't too. talk about that stuff. We might have to edit all that out. You're right. All right. All right. All right. Last bit for I this re- segment I here. Repent and sackcloth and ashes. I have no segue to get into this last uh, 
this this last segment for I guess try this in a small town. I, you try selling something that someone tried in a small town yep. is what we're about to talk about. Alaska accuses souvenir store of selling fake native art and products from quote Yakutat alpacas. Yeah, so this business was um was was it was, says that they were selling um goods made by the Yakutat uh village council that were these booties made from authentic Yakutat alpacas. And that was a clever ruse. Um the only I, problem was there's no such thing as Yakutat alpacas and there I, is not yeah. a Yakutat village council. Yakutat is a small town yep. uh just north of the very this is the furthest north part of the southeast basically. I believe so, yes. Uh I've never even been there unless uh, does the milk run stop there? It does. Might, yeah. So, all right. Uh, yeah, Yakutat, small town, uh, even further north, north in here, you're not going <laughs> to raise alpacas there. And someone was uh, selling made in Alaska authentic souvenir alpaca. Yeah. Yeah. Made by the Yakutat Village Council. Yeah. 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 So uh, don't try that in a small town yeah. or a small state. Yeah. That was, that was, that was darn silly. This was oh, this was down in Ketchikan. Okay, yeah, yeah. If you can't get by on the merit of your product without lying about who made it, like you need to, you need to sell a different product there. Uh, Maybe a, a federal crime for impersonating a native tribe uh, as well. So, uh, yeah, this is this is a bit of an older story, but uh, one that I think we should keep an eye on uh, as it develops. Yeah, I mean, no doubt this is happening all the time everywhere. Like. I know the the made in Alaska branding. Well, is, yeah, made in Alaska doesn't mean it's native. Alaska. No, but the, but then also the native made branding is also yeah. a big thing around here in Juneau. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so I have no doubt that people are trying to get on the bandwagon and pass off, um, you know, art and yeah, art, I mean, souvenirs I've, that's that are just made in China. Uh, yeah, which a lot of the, the stuff they sell here is all just uh, plastic uh, stuff. T-shirts all made in China. Yep. You know, if you're thinking of coming on a cruise to Alaska, please come spend your money here. Uh, just uh, a lot of the gift shops are uh, not selling true Alaskan uh, stuff. And, and uh, if you want to know where to find some ass locals, like yeah. there is actually quite a lot of really nice Alaska beading mm-hmm. and metalworking mm-hmm. and some some decent carving and some woodworking. If it says it's made with the alpacas. Yeah. I assure you, they are not. Although you do know someone who has a downtown clothing shop that does sell alpaca stuff and is locally owned, like a lot of other, even the, a lot of the other gift shops here. But uh, I wonder if they're like a like a they like import a, it from yeah, South. America. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they he, he sources his stuff from South America. Yep, uh, checks out. I was driving through downtown yesterday and it's just like diamond shop, diamond shop, diamond shop, diamond shop. So. I guess that's what people on cruise ships want to buy. Uh, we don't it's never made sense to me. Yeah, and uh, we don't have any diamond mines in Alaska. Do we, we don't. No. We don't. Just you just have to settle for you know gold. Yeah. All right. Those were uh, some of our smaller stories. Let's uh, move on to some more deeper ones. I think. Yeah. <laughs> we have a flood of stories coming up here, so let's uh, <laughs> so let's keep going. <laughs> Well, that was a clever little segue, Sam. And I right, thank you very much. Yep. So we've got to put on our waders because it's time to get deep. Um, Ooh. Yes. <laughs> this, we had a... this, uh, this news story, uh, we, we go to our uh, our local witness, you. This yeah. is you. This is me. You were the news. Yep. 
So we had a we had a Yakalub incident. For those of you who don't know, a Yakalub incident is where there's so in a glacier there's actually pockets of water, liquid water that are trapped by ice. Every once in a while, those those ice walls break and the water comes pouring out, kind of like if you pop a pimple. Anyway, um, the the Yakalub um, over by Suicide Basin. Go figure. I, go figure. Good things don't come from don't there. Don't know if anyone's actually committed suicide there, but that's the name of it. Yep. Uh, that broke and just poured just millions of gallons of water downstream. It was incredible. Uh, it's down the Mendenhall River. Yep, a lot of uh, a lot of houses there that are built on on the riverside. You know, nice you know nice houses. You know, sure they cost a pretty penny. Uh, one of them just fell right into the fell right yeah. into the drink. It just it was amazing. The you, footage was just incredible. Yeah, I saw it in person. It was it was amazing. Just the water is just. It was it's just high rushing fast and you were watching trees just fall like one after another just as the as the soil eroded underneath them whole pine trees falling into the river and just being carried quickly downstream wow. I, went, I went to brotherhood bridge which goes across that river mm-hmm. and you were standing on there and the bridge which whole bridge was shaking just because you know oh, just, just tree after tree were just hitting the hitting the stabilizing beams it was it was pretty incredible and yeah it affected uh, my home personally it was it was pretty surreal. We had the storm drains just started bush, gushing water up from oh, wow. them, so up oh, out of wow. the storm drains, and then this the water just came creeping up and up 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 my street, just like just like a just like oil, just like a black. Yeah, because you're just a block from the river. Basically. I'm just a, yep yep, and we got my yeah my uh my basement got flooded, my garage got flooded. Gee, uh, you know, we tried sandbagging. It was crazy. I went to go check on my neighbors, and I'm wading through like knee high to th- thigh high water. Oh wow! Just to cross the street, and I was joking that I'm glad we don't live in Gator Country. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, that was a it was a crazy night, and so that brings us to why would I buy a electric vehicle? Oh, okay. See, that was that was the concern because um, I know some of my neighbors do have electric vehicles, and they were they were trying to park them as high up on their lawns as they could. Yeah, because you know, you don't want your battery getting submerged there. That's true. And uh, so it's a bit of a, I was, I was going to say, in some cases like this, you actually do want an electric vehicle because you can then power your home from it if you lose power from the grid. Yeah. So uh, yeah, flooding might not be good, good time to have an electric vehicle, but there are a lot of disasters where it is actually better to have an electric vehicle. I guess. It's interesting. Yeah. But a funny story, I'll I'll share this just a little personal anecdote. So uh, ALNP, or the, our, our local power company, didn't turn off the power to my street, even though mm-hmm. the power box is basically fully submerged. Oh, no. And there, we had our street lights on, full power in our house. And so I decided that I better go turn off our personal breaker. Mm-hmm. And so I go into my garage, lights are on, and the, and of course, the, the garage is flooded, Ooh. and there's water. And my, my breaker's on the other side of the garage from where, from where from my house entry, and I'm just staring at it. And I'm trying to think, like, what do I have plugged in? Like, is this water electrified? Oh, like, no. And, and my wife's there standing behind me. She's super worried. And so I'm like, well, I'm just going to go for it. Love you, babe. And I jump in the water. And then I, and then like, I'm not shocked by, I pretend I am. I go, ah! And she screams and I, I turn to her and smile. And <laughs> we're divorced now. Oh, uh, gee, uh, That's no. why she had our jacket. Yeah. Funny, <laughs> funny times. But yeah, no, that was a crazy event, and so we're warned that we might get another one here in the not too distant oh, really? future. Oh, I hadn't uh, heard that. The good news is, is um, so a lot of houses, even though only one got swept away or fell into the river, 
a lot of them have their foundations exposed. Mm. Their yeah, supports. there was a whole apartment building that was just teetering on the edge with yep. part of it. But fortunately, the construction companies, because right now in summer is where you build stuff, right? Because yeah. when it comes to winter and spring, you can't build anything. So right now, all the construction companies, they stop paving roads. They stop building like over at, um, you know, building building new buildings. And they all rush in support of these of these houses. And actually, mm-hmm. uh, they have reinforced the... Um, the uh, the riverbank with stones and rocks and other, and other yeah. barricades and they I, they did it pretty quickly they did it really quickly yeah, yeah. so uh, you know again the community coming together those guys did really good work yeah I was one of those apartment buildings was uh, hanging off the edge and I, I was talking to someone who said uh, the building was like made from these prefabricated units and that's the only reason the whole thing didn't like fall apart was it was like made out of these blocks that were able to hold together but yeah a whole house just uh collapsed into into the river yeah i feel sorry for whoever those people were apparently it was uh some teachers who had just moved to town and rented it and had just moved their stuff in and like weren't even in town at the moment and yeah dang yeah no and i i I saw their house part of their house coming down from brotherhood bridge hitting into the hitting into the the support beam yeah oh man yeah that's a that was a bummer so it it was actually pretty funny so my son was born while Yakalob was happening, and we had a lightning storm, and then that same uh, that day we had a Yakalob on his on his third birthday. There was the Yakalob, and then there was also a lightning storm the next day. So huh. he's probably I don't know the Antichrist or something. Uh, but... Okay, yeah. Uh, the article says it's been happening every summer since 2011, uh, and this being the worst one yet. And so I mean, this is happening because the glacier is melting. Sure is. Uh, and so. Global warming has flooded your basement. Do you have any any comments you want to make about climate change at this time? Yes. Okay. It's real, but it's how how people want to go about it, I think, is bass backwards. Hmm. I think cutting carbon, all that's a wrong way to do it. Wrong right? way to cut carbon? Uh no, I think I think it's it's the wrong way to deal with, with climate change. The right way to do it is what what those construction workers did, you reinforce things like you adapt. Uh, just deal with it yeah, instead you, of you, trying to prevent it. Yeah, you adapt to it. That's the better solution. Huh. I would think trying to prevent all this damage and all the storms worsening and the flooding of your basement might have been better. That's but, a fool's errand. Uh, I mean, it's doable as long as no one stands in our way. <laughs> well, then it's, yeah, it's a fool's errand. It's undoable. So, um, the best thing is just to devote technology to learn to adapt. I yeah, just destroy, keep destroying the planet and uh, hope we don't die, huh? I mean, that's it's, it's all going to end anyways. But no, it'll it'll I, rebalance itself. I out. think we it no, that's not how that works. That is how that works. There's uh, periods of, of hot and cold. That's just that's just how it normally is. The world, well, the climate changes all the time. Not like this. This is human created uh, an extreme weather event that's happening at a rate unlike any other change in the climate and the history of this planet. Uh, I, I strongly feel we need to be addressing the causes of climate change, which are entirely human-made, and therefore we humans can also make uh, the changes necessary to our own behavior to prevent this from happening. Uh, I And a lot of people agree with me. That's why there's a strong demand for electric vehicles, I think. Okay. The uh, the switch to uh, cleaner energy sources cannot come soon enough. I'm glad you believe in nuclear too. 
You know, I, I don't know where I spell, fall on that one just because... Uh, it is like super clean energy, like it, the cleanest energy. Well, it's not the cleanest, but it is better than uh, than drawing those energy sources from uh, oil and, and coal and whatnot. One other thing I was going to mention, this wasn't in any of the articles. This is a... Someone told me, and I was going to run this by you, uh, and so this is second or third hand, uh, is that the city at one point studied the riverbank and determined that to shore up the riverbank to prevent this uh, erosion would have cost, you know, millions of dollars or something. And they offered the people who lived along the riverbank uh, to the way they were going to fund it was just those people would pay like $100,000 each to shore up the riverbank instead of having it come from uh, taxes and just general funds. It it would have been paid for just by the people just along the riverbank makes sense. Uh, I was going to say that sound that to me sounded like the kind of uh, tax policy you would support. Yep. Uh, but the people didn't want to pay the hundred thousand uh, dollars for it, and now your basement got flooded. Uh, and so, to me, that's kind of uh, it would shows me what does happen when you. Well, my basement would have gotten flooded anyways, right? So whether their houses, whether the erosion happens and their houses fall in the drink. The, the water is still the water is still the level the, the yeah the water level is still what it is so that that wouldn't have really changed anything um but what was interesting though is I checked on my uh, grandfather-in-law's home who who does live on the river oh yeah and he was someone who actually he in fact he's one of the only people I saw who put the money in first to actually have it reinforced with rock mm-hmm. and I'm I'm looking and his house is fine there's like almost no ero- there's like no erosion damage you can visibly see hmm. and if you look across the bank and I was you're just watching just just in real time, there's just huge chunks of earth just fall into the river, like just as it's rushing over the course of like oh, two yeah. or three minutes. Yeah, I mean, you're watching just hundreds of hundreds of pounds of and just like, you know, many, many cubic feet of soil just slip into the slip into the river. And again, bringing whole trees with it. Mm-hmm. And that was just happening, happening in real time. And I'm looking and I, I was looking down the river at other people's properties and I'm just watching how it, and I, I, I checked on the house several times throughout the night. I, I stood up all night and. Every time I went to go see, I would watch the the riverbank like edge closer and closer to people's properties, and I'm like, you know what, rocks work. So <laughs> it was incredible. Yeah, should should have paid that hundred thousand when you could. I think. Yeah, well, or we could have uh, had more a wider tax base uh, pay for that and uh, actually have protection from uh, river flooding. Any other? Uh, oh, the the city is uh, has info on people affected by the flooding. I think there's money available that they're they're making available for people who have damage. You know, if you fill out a bunch of paperwork, uh, and then just today, uh, FEMA I think is coming to inspect to see if uh, if this warrants federal money even for. Uh, Disaster relief. Yeah, we had Noah guys poke around my house the day after, just measuring the water line up on my house and stuff, and just hmm. swamping around my backyard. So, what was fascinating though, and, and this is for people who, who haven't been there, is it was funny because by the next morning, all the water was gone. Mm-hmm. Like everything was gone. I mean, except Great, for yeah. yeah, except for the water that's still in my <laughs> crawl space <laughs> oh, and no. garage. But yeah, but no, yeah, folks want to. Local listeners need help. Go to the CBJ website. You probably already have by now. And then, yeah, the feds are probably willing to throw some money your way. So, as they should. Any anything else for uh, us? And this made national news too. This was it did. Uh, oh yeah. Oh. Oh yeah. I gotta say uh, it was it was a crazy night. It was 
it was it was crazy. I would say it was it was almost fun. I you know, it was just it was just a crazy night. It was, it was I, made you feel alive. There's there's energy. It was interesting. I was I was fielding calls from yeah people out of town like what's going on up there? Are things okay? This was this was it, it was national news. This is here article I just pulled was uh, ABC News just you know trying to explain where Juno was. <laughs> Man, one house falls in a falls in a river and it makes national news. Well, also a lot of other property damage. I mean, it was big. It was flooding in an area that doesn't normally get flooded. I guess. Well, and then and then it completely disappeared when uh, Hawaii burned down. So Hawaii burns, we flood. It seems like if we work together, uh, we can come up with a solution. <laughs> California's the other day got a hurricane. So yeah, it uh, the weather's getting worse. Because of climate change. All right. Next one is also Alaska in the news. Like every uh, everything. Oh, right. This is all, all Alaska news. Okay. This was uh, very exciting for all you uh, fans of uh, of transportation. And Pete Buttigieg, all two of you. Uh, well, yeah, I'm sure Chaston was very excited about this. Um, is uh, Pete Buttigieg visited Alaska, which you know I thought, oh, we we gotta discuss this. I I love this that uh, that our uh, transportation secretary is visiting Alaska, getting to see our great state, uh, and uh, promoting uh, funding from the bipartisan infrastructure bill that happened. Um, yeah, I'm uh I'm not a fan of the man. I'm not a fan of the bill. I am a fan of Alaska getting money. So Well, that is I'm that of, was the bill. That... You know, I'm kind of begrudgingly like I'm not happy the bill passed. I don't like Pete Pete Buttigieg, Booty Judge, but I do I, like I think he's great. Yeah. Mayor Pete. Mayor Secretary Pete. Secretary Mayor Pete. Yeah, that guy. Anyway, he uh I I do like that there is millions and billions of dollars filling Alaskan mm-hmm. coffers. Yep. All coming into the state. And uh, uh meeting the needs of the ferries and the outer communities. Um Mm-hmm. Again, like not happy where the money came from, but I'm glad we have it. Yeah. So our ferry system, for those of you who don't know, is chronically low maintenance, always being delayed, <laughs> breaking down. So and these ferries are like the lifelines to small yeah, communities. Yeah, and they didn't used to be like that. Like up yeah, we, until the 90s, early 2000s, they were well funded, which meant they weren't always breaking down. We had additional ferries. I, I mean. Yeah, no. I was when I was a kid. Like ferries were just a staple way. They're basically like the city bus. You can, yeah, they're yeah. You just take it's them, our. Take it's called the Alaska Marine Highway because that is our highway. Yep, is the ferries. Uh, and so, uh, in the past decade or two, the the state has just been cutting and cutting funding from the ferries, and the service has just plummeted. So, well, that's because it, people treat it like a city bus, right? Like it's kind of subsidized. By by the government, but they don't really pay pay people pet the passengers or the, the transporters much fees. Right. Well, then it would be a lot less useful. It, yeah. Well, and I understand that, but that's that's where those cuts happened, and why. So, yeah, I, I know I don't want to pay more fare, but that's what's necessary. I guess that's what's necessary. Well, it, no. If you raise the rate, fewer people will be able to take the ferry, uh, and uh, you know. It's not it locals take it. We need it to get around the area, but also tourists come up on it who don't want to do cruise ships, which is great for our economy. So 
I think it's a good investment uh, by the state to put money into the ferry system. Well, especially if it's federal money, especially if it's coming out of the pockets of Missouri, Louisiana, Texas. So hold on here. So you disagree with Murkowski on a lot of issues. Oh, yeah. Uh, I disagree with Murkowski on a lot of issues. Uh, She is uh, one of the she is the farthest left Republican (laughs) in the in the Senate. Uh, but the one thing I will give she's a, she's a middle of the road Democrat, yeah, 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 basically. But the one thing I will give that woman credit for was including in the bipartisan infrastructure bill money, a lot of money for the Alaska ferry system. I will give her that too, and it was a, a good job that she did it. It's I thought it was actually pretty funny. So you know, they you can't. In, in this bill, it's a lot of funding for projects, but technically you they couldn't do like specific projects. I mean, they all all money will end up in specific projects, but they couldn't write the bill as like, you know, this bridge is going to get built with this money. It was all like, you know, then local DOT is going to have to apply to build this bridge to the money provided in grants. But what she wrote into the bill was that the government will fund 100 billion or whatever. I wish I had the the exact number somewhere here. Uh, I'll keep looking for it. It's five billion in total. Yeah. Oh, so it was, yeah, it was hundreds of millions then a year or something, which for ferry systems with ports more than 50 miles apart. Clever. Clever girl. (laughs) Clever girl. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we're the only one who's got one of those. (laughs) So uh, I will I will well give her credit well for, for yeah. putting in that bill that the federal government will will subsidize ferry systems with ports more than fifty miles apart. Basically, just Alaska, the the uh, southeast Alaska, exactly the Alaska Marine Highway. And I guess the Aleutians too. Yeah, but it's, I mean that's all part of the same ferry system technically. I guess that's right. All right, one point eight billion for the port of Alaska. That's an anchorage. I'm I'm just looking through some of the. Funding. See if I can get the actual number that she was able to swing for the ferry system, but I'm not seeing it in this specific article. Well, while you're doing that, yeah, and then we got a lot of money for Rod- expanding internet access yeah. out Alaska into the smaller communities. Yeah, so a hundred million dollars uh, for broadband services in rural areas. That's great because a lot of because up there a lot of those people just got to rely on paperback porn, and you know it's wet, so. Uh, okay. <laughs> Moving on. No, but it makes you wonder, like, why did we get all this money to expand internet into these small communities? Like, what uh-huh. is the purpose of that? Well, uh, what is your take? I got my, I got my. Idea. Well, because that's infrastructure. I mean, that is not just roads and and ferry systems now, but also. But but who cares if these tiny villages? Mm-hmm. Or who cares if these tiny villages in the surrounding area have, have people internet? live there? That's those are. Those that those are still places where people live. Uh, There's still towns that wouldn't otherwise have internet, but you know, high high speed internet, the kind that you need to be able to do just so much of our lives depend on internet. And I've I can actually speak from experience uh, from having trying to uh, having tried to give out grant money to these communities. That a lot of them just like, you know, they have to go to the local library uh, when it's open and then find, you know, get wait for a computer to be free because they wouldn't otherwise have the Internet access to apply for the grants we were giving out, for example. So there's so much of 
our lives or in in the you know twenty first century that depend on the internet now, uh, not just for information, but you know I I file my taxes using the internet. I uh, my I work from home. That's all. That's the internet. That's then yeah. uh, that would enable these people to get work from home jobs anywhere in the world. It's sad, man. I wish we could protect them from this. <laughs> you know, I do see your point there. Yeah, yeah. Like, do you remember growing up without the internet? Like, yeah, it wasn't that great. I, I had I, a fun time. I know. Yeah, you did. I, I was. I wear glasses now. <laughs> well, you know, and so my my takeaway was we're building all this infrastructure. Why? And for me, it's I think it's the ground setting the infrastructure there and to build more military apparatus hmm. in this key territory. I um, don't think so, but you know, it's uh, okay. Yeah. I mean, we did once before. You remember how, like, we still have old gun emplacements and barracks all over over these tiny outcroppings and islands. So, yeah. And I'm saying, like, we've, we want to quickly build up infrastructure and build up modern day mm -hmm. military I, hardware. It, even in the frozen north, now we have that you know what? groundwork set. I, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's the reason, but I do appreciate the national defense angle, actually. Yep. Um, that is, uh, you know, a lot of these communities are actually in the interior. So <laughs> I don't think there's going to be a need for as much national defense uh, uh, broadband there. But there are definitely, you know, that that I, I I'm glad you appreciate that, uh, that this is something that will help our country uh, and and could be used uh, for national defense purposes. That is true. I, w I was going to mention, though, that like one of the reasons this is needed is because this to me, is a failure shows that the private sector uh, is fails to do this sort of work because if this were profitable to build out the uh, broadband internet out to these areas, you know, private sector would have done it. GCI and the other statewide uh, internet carriers would have done it if uh, if they thought it was profitable. Yeah, but it's not exactly, and it won't be. It won't be profitable to maintain. Exactly. Well, uh, I don't know about maintenance. Yeah, that's. But uh, you know this. I th this to me shows the a flaw in capitalism, in that uh, we do still need public investment in infrastructure in order for it to work. No, I mean my thing is no, we don't. Like those people lived their whole lives without <laughs> this type of internet. Like these these villages have been alive for generations. These people don't need that. Well, they do if they want to participate in the global economy. They they weren't participating in the global economy for generations. No, I don't need to, but no, and it's like so. So the answer is that we rob Texans and Minnesotans and Iowans. Redistribute. We redistribute. We rob them to so Marion Navichuk can uh -huh. look up Pinterest. Like I I don't. Again, like I'm happy we're getting money. I'm not. I'm not going to boo that we have more infrastructure built. Uh, and again, I don't like where the money came from, but I'm, I, I'm glad it's spent in Alaska because I am an Alaskan. There we go. All right, I, and I'm, and it will be spent all over the country, which is you know, shoring up all uh, broadband all over the country, roads, bridges, yep, all over the country. Horribly mismanaged and spent, but at least it'll be spent uh, in Alaska. So, and the thing, yeah. So, I mean, we have roads we have bridges we have very great infrastructure and we've had at points in our history great infrastructure i that was all public spending the 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 state uh, the interstate highways that's all public money well do you think that was all misspent do you think all our 
bridges that we have were all with all like misspent money. Let me look at the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it was. Uh, the railroads, those are mostly well, private, though. And look what happened to them. We, we don't have rail anymore. Well, that's because they're outdated technology. But, well, well, in some we cases. Need new, we, we need to be building the uh, new high-speed rail, and that's not outdated. You know, there's a quote that I'm always reminded of that uh, no one ever... Once, once something's built, no one ever looks at the price tag. <laughs> yeah, and that's where they get you. <laughs> yeah, anyways, I support... Uh, oh, oh, gosh, this is all from Buttigieg visiting Alaska. I totally forgot where we started on this thing. He uh, apparently got weathered out getting trying to get to Juneau and had to take the ferry, too. He was aboard... Yeah, so he was trying to get to Juneau, uh, and I think they were trying to fly and uh, ended up having to take the ferry instead. Mm. Uh, you know, typical Alaskan experience. So I'm glad he got the full Alaska experience. Oh, there are two more things here. Oh, here we go. There were two more things. One was at the end of his visit, they made an announcement for the benefit of Alaska, which was uh, the U.S. Department of Transportation labeled some, many Alaska barge routes as federal marine highways. That was the big announcement. Excited? Um, curious. A little distrustful, per usual, well, of federal things, but... Well, basically, it, it, just, it means they get more money federal money to support. And there's more federal these. oversight. Uh, well, if they want the money, sure. Yeah. They don't have to take the money. You know, the thing, the reason I wanted to bring this up, though, is that uh, this is just kind of a typical political uh, visit where, you know, they have, they do their visit to an area and then they, the you know, in this case, the secretary, sometimes it's the president who's visiting, will make an announcement saying, yeah, and we're doing this policy thing uh, that uh, they hope this brings news uh, this this brings attention to whatever policy issue they're pushing uh, that they think people will like. You know, did you hear about the DOT was uh, labeling some barge routes as uh, federal marine highways? Nope. Yeah, uh, I was. The only reason, you know, it was a headline in local news, but I don't think many people uh, like cared. Yeah, <laughs> notice. <laughs> I, I just brought it, I put it in here because it was just, you know, part of the story about his visit to Alaska. Uh, it's it's very old school, very um, like West Wing, the old TV show uh, style announcement, I think, where they're like, you know, he, he does this trip and then says, and in conjunction, we're off, we're putting offering more federal funding to barge routes, route M11, as the federal government calls it. Well, I'd like to apologize to the lower 48. Um, I mean, again, sorry we're taken from you, but honestly, if that would make barge costs cut down on our all of our shipped goods, mm -hmm. if, they, if they can kind of take that take that expense off the plate or lessen it so it affects us less, then I'd rather pay less money for food and other goods. So sorry, lower 48, but I'm going to take advantage of that. <laughs> uh, well... Unfortunately, this is for like the YK Delta. So, so. damn. <laughs> Never mind. I'm angry state. too. Yeah, Wait, it's it's us versus them now. Uh, barge route stretches from Unalaska through Bering Sea, Bering Strait, Chukchi, and Beaufort Sea. Includes routes on the Yukon, Kaskokwim, and other major rivers. So you almost. I'm I'm glad you almost supported this. And then the last thing that uh, I just want to say is uh, 
this story, we unfortunately waited so long to record this podcast that uh, by now an, an entire other cabinet member has visited the state of Alaska, which is uh, the Attorney General, uh, Merrick Garland, uh, came through Alaska as well. Announced uh, uh, the Attorney General uh, says that they will continue to address rural Alaska public safety. So, and good. Yeah. I mean, we've talked before about. Uh, Issues facing rural communities, you know, the mis- murder and missing indigenous women. Yeah, they need issue. They need more oversight. They, uh, and we, well, they need more, more support. They need more law enforcement. They need more community support. You know, I I wanted to also include this because it just shows that Alaska is getting a lot of attention now. Yeah. Um, which I think is interesting that we've had two high level visits from the Biden administration in the past uh, few weeks. And to be fair, it looks like uh, Trump's Attorney General uh, Bill Barr uh, also visited in 2019, and uh, you know, so there. It's not like this is new attention, or or even like one political party over another is giving us more attention. But no, and I appreciate that that everyone sees that there's a need for law enforcement, um, and. Yeah, just in 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 this region, and I I believe it. Like it is, it is a very chronic need. Mm-hmm. We, we do need more. <laughs> we do need more law enforcement in those communities. There must order must be maintained. Yeah, and uh, and they're at least uh, putting money towards uh, towards these issues, which is what uh, what is needed. All of, all of the things, all of the things that we argue about. A lot of it can be solved if we just had more money nope. to so, put towards it. No, no. Flooding with money is not the answer. It's clever solutions can be done without money. Much money. You, you make efficient uses of it. Mainly, the main thing is policy. Good policy. Yeah, you're not going to build more ferries out of uh, <laughs> being clever. No, <laughs> but you're going you're gonna to clear up more criminals by changing policy than you are by throwing money at something. Well, it depends, depends on the kinds of issues. And, uh, for example, there are just lots of backlogs in cases. And to work through backlogs, you just got to hire people. And that's just, that just requires money. So, and yes, good policy is also important. But, yes, uh, you know, sometimes you just, you just need the dough. Yeah. And just, yeah, keeping offenders in jail as long as you can. Or just bring back the death penalty, make it easier to access. But that'll be a conversation I, for another time. You know, oh, hey, we have uh, Donald Trump's indictments coming up. You said death penalty, huh? Death penalty. <laughs> so uh, let's move on to our next uh, segment. Sure. All right. All right. Let's catch up with each other. Take a break from all the political stuff, right? The hard-hitting Alaskan news. Yeah. And uh, let's go hyper-local and just, uh, yeah, how you been? Oh, doing all right, actually. I um, I don't know what it is. I've just been feeling more ambitious. I've just been pounding stuff out at work lately. Nice. Just been a nice change. Like I know it's been a while since we record because I've been sick and mm-hmm. frankly not doing good. But I'm kind of on an upswing, so that, that's nice. Um, gonna have another kid, which is Mazel Tov. Thank you very much. It's gonna be fantastic. We're still in negotiations, me and the wife, about the name. Uh, we'll figure it out. Besides that, uh, bought a business. Uh, you know, no small thing. Uh, yep. Moving ahead with that. Really excited. So be kind of in a, I won't say a worried place, I'd say excited place because I, I, I love my job. I work, I have a really great job. I have, I have a career that was budding and like going to take off, but 
I, I kind of want to see where this business thing goes and what I can do with it. And I'm kind of excited not to work for anybody but myself and kind of just see what I can do on my own merit and steam. Yeah. Uh, be an entrepreneur. Live the American yeah. dream. So. Wow. Yeah, would well, you want to give uh, our listeners details about uh, any anything, or is that going to be future? That'll be future episode. That'll be future episode, right? Right now, well, I guess what I will say is it's a daycare. Okay. It's a pretty large daycare. We have a quite quite the capacity. Our licensing, I believe, is up to 150 kids. Wow. We're eight, we're rated for ages zero to uh, twelve, I believe. So it's it's big. We have quite a few employees. Um, it's 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 the largest daycare here in town. Um, I'm just really excited. And there's room for expansion. There's room for growth, and it's an it's a needed it's a needed thing yeah, in our community. There's, there's people are just clawing. We're just it, to try to get some you know to have to have, to have a place to have for their kids to be taken care of while they're working and whatnot. So it's highly needed. Yeah, I mean, local and state government is like throwing money at daycares at the moment. I know trying, it's fantastic trying to get people to take care of people's kids. Yeah. No, and I'm looking forward to it. I've always loved working with children. Um, I that's what I do in my current job, anyways. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm really excited for this opportunity and just to kind of give some back to the community as well. You know, there's yeah, and yeah, I'm excited to see where it, where it, where it goes. And this yeah, I think this has been in the works for a little bit. So it's uh, I'm glad to see this moving along. And uh, uh, I I hope I wish you you know as much success as uh, possible in this. Yeah, and you know when I become my own business owner and hopefully become rich i'll be be able to complain Mm -hmm. more and harder Mm -hmm. about taxes and whatnot so yeah uh which again you're benefiting from the state and local grant money here but yes we will have that on another segment which you know what that would be an interesting thing if you like kept track of how much grant money versus well i have to for my taxes yeah so i I will be doing that you know but just a just a review of that at some point you know see see what uh the the in intake versus out uh if it's a net who who's paying who to to run this business here i would be i would be interested in seeing that just how the how that pencils out uh let's see I, i've got a, 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 you know, a few random things nothing nothing major like uh you know new kids that i know of or <laughs> new businesses or new, new children, businesses new clients for uh, that business <laughs> i know like uh what can i what can i say I was going to talk about like I got a haircut. That was my big story. Uh, they could use one. I, yeah, that's true. Uh, Where'd you go? So that was that was actually going to be the story. So I, I went to uh, the Alaskan. Uh, the bar? No, the Alaskan barber shop, which um, they used to be in Mendenhall Towers. You know that building? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they moved. So I went to them growing up. And every... And uh, and I'm back at them like I you know it wasn't like a conscious thing like the past few years I was going to like the Franklin Street barber and I just I didn't like him as much and so I'm I'm back at the Alaskan barber shop because I it's a better haircut but so you know I've been going to them since I was a little kid so like they know who I am I don't anyways when I was little I would I would go get my haircut you know my dad would take me and and. They'd say, oh, so how do you want your haircut? And every time I'd say, well, I want to try something different this time. And they'd say, okay, uh, let's see. And they'd go through this folder of headshots of, with people with, I guess, different hairdos. And every time they would pull out the same photograph of some guy with short hair. And, and they'd say, well, how, why don't we try this? And I would just 
give up at that point and say, okay, fine. And so every time I got the same haircut and every time I'd go in, I'd say, well, I want to try something different. And then they'd go and they'd search through. They, they didn't have this thing ready. They would have to search for it. And they'd pull it out and say, well, why don't we try this? And I was just like, oh, okay, let's do that. Anyway, so, so you know, as I said, I've been going to a few different, I went to the Franklin Street Barber the past few years and I'm back at the Alaskan. And so I go in and uh, I get my haircut, and uh, actually it was it was really long, and so she she clips it and it's still longer than I I want it. And I said no, I, I want it like short. I want I want my hair short. And so she's like okay, I'll do it again. Well, here, let me let me find uh, this example. And so she like starts searching through the old files. <laughs> she pulls out. The exact same photograph I've been looking at since the 90s. <laughs> it says, well, how about something like this? The more things change. I know. I'm like, okay, sure. And so I've always wondered, like, they clearly can't be pulling the same picture out for everybody. <laughs> Because every time they have to search for this picture. You know, I'm thinking back, Sam, and you're, you're right. Like, you've always had the same hairstyle. You might as well be like a cartoon character. <laughs> it's their fault. They didn't have it ready. It's like she had to, like, dig through these files. Like, oh, where's that picture? I think you should get this haircut. It's like, that's the exact same one every time. You look the same in middle school, high school. Like I never considered it because I'm not a woman. I don't look at hair, but you're yeah. right. And uh, and and growing up, every time I would, every time I would ask for a different haircut, and that's what they gave me. Oh, that's great. Then I went in last week and they did it again. What were the little things from the barbershop that you remember as a kid? Um. Let's see. Did they have a little robot that you put a penny in its hand and it would eat it? Oh, God, yeah. But they were, like, so covered and, like, those things are, like, sticky. I love those things. Uh, Did they have a little gumball machine? Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, they don't have that anymore. There was... They had that on Fran the... Franklin had that. There was one that was in the Valentine building or something we used to, I used to go to. That was a long time ago. They're long gone. But, uh, yeah, so that that's... Uh, you know, I'm going to have the same haircut for the rest of my life. Uh, you can go to Jerry's if you want. Yeah. Like, Okay. But uh, I mean, but like I went back to the, to the Alaskan because like I just the, I didn't like the, the Franklin barber. They just it wasn't as good a haircut, which I don't know. I, I don't even I, uh, maybe it just wasn't as short, I guess. That's what I wanted out of a haircut, which is short hair. Well, let's see. Besides that, uh, yeah, the toilet training is going really good. Yeah. Uh, we have this thing where um, if if my son, like, tells us he has to go to the bathroom and goes and does it successfully, now he's wearing underwear now and doesn't make a mess of it, he gets a sticker. Oh, okay. Uh, and we got him a whole sticker chart, and, you know, and it, he's it's like a, he's supposed to put the sticker on the sticker chart, right? It's hanging up in his room. He grabs the sticker, and he looks at it. He's like, all right, this would look really good on my Elmo. Or like this this should this belongs on my aquarium, and he'll just like he'll just so now like my house is just covered in random stickers. It's <laughs> and, like and you gave him a, a thing to put the stickers on. Yeah, there's stickers on my TV. There's stickers on my yeah. laptop. There's stickers on my wall. Yeah. There's 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 a sticker on me. I found like it's just it's, his sticker board's completely clean. Yeah. There's no stickers on that bad boy. But yeah, I know funny times. Um, 
but yeah, besides that, besides those major things, not a not a whole lot. Um, it's been a hot minute since I worked out. I went to the pool yesterday and embarrassed myself Ooh, just swimming. Yeah. Like I'm nowhere in the shape I used to be, but you know, just kind of working in a sedentary job for the most part and going home, drinking beer, watching TV is not is not the most athletic thing. So yeah, I've been not as well. I'm still I'm still running a mile a day mostly. You are? So, yeah. Oh, keep well, up. I'm not running. I'm still going a mile a day according to my treadmill, which is good. I, I'm I'm that I'm like trying to keep that up. Uh, but, uh, I've got, except for now, this, uh, this next week and the past week, I've got house guests, uh, some friends that are, are staying in town, uh, who just got married that one of them's from Juno, And so they're back up here and they brought up like all of their friends. You met some of them, mm -hmm. four people that showed up. And now since then, four more people have shown up who were other friends of theirs and they're both their parents have all shown up. So that's like what, 12 people. So there's a whole bunch of people that have shown up uh, to help celebrate their wedding. Uh, and I've been like, you know, being tour guide and stuff. And uh, uh, yesterday we went up to Mount Roberts, up to the tram there, uh, which, you know, I was like, oh, I got to haven't hiked <laughs> in a long time. We're going a couple miles up a mountain. You know, I'm like, oh, you know, people from the lower 48, they work out, right? So, like, I'm just like dragging up the mountain. I'm like, all right, guys, come on. We can't, can't just stay here forever. And, uh, so, yeah, it turns out uh, you still got it. I still got it. Yeah. But, uh, I'm looking forward. It's hunting season now. I just need to get out. I just need to buy my license and just force myself out. Just good shape or not. I'm sure it will come back to me kind of like what you're talking about. Yeah. Just need yeah, to get out there and do it. Just need to get out there and do it. Yeah. Uh, did I tell you about the dance floor? I think, I don't know if I told that on this, on the pod yet. I don't know. We got a dance floor for the makerspace. Oh, cool. Uh, it's not set up yet, but we've got, it's a, it was a for sale on Facebook, a portable dance floor. We jumped on it. So we're going to start holding. Portable dance floor? It's in, it's in squares that you can like take up and put down. Okay. Uh, but it, once it's down, it makes this like solid floor to dance on. So we're going to start, start hosting dances here at some point. Well, so right on, man. Yeah. And like, if you could host some classes, I'd be actually interested in ballroom dance. I'm not, what am I trying to swing uh, dancing? Oh, swing yes, dancing. We'll have we'll have classes on that. Like, so. Amanda and I love swing dancing. We're oh. just we're both terrible at it. So we've we've got that in the works here at Juno Makerspace. This podcast brought to you by Juno's, Juno's Makerspace. Makerspace and Little Moon Daycare, Ockbay, Ockbay Preschool, Ockbay Preschool. Yeah, oh, that's where I went. Yeah. We bought it, Sam. Wait, you we bought, bought one? We I... bought your childhood. Dang. Wait, the one at Chapel by the Lake? Yep, that one. Ah, I thought you were buying a different one. Nope, that's the one we bought. Oh, man. And I'm going to change it to Derek's Academy of... <laughs> Swing dancing. <laughs> Derek's Academy of Young Leaders. Oh, okay. Oh, dang. That's that's the preschool I went to. Yep. All right. Well, you're, you're welcome to come back and visit, Sam. I, I... Do you want to crawl around yep. playing some... <laughs> 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 All right, continuing in our all Alaska uh, segment. All AK, baby. We've got uh, geopolitical conflicts right here in Alaska. All right. Well, technically, as Palin said, on our doorstep. Yeah, those darn those darn Chinese and Ruskies are doing joint missions together, and you know, just and, and to be fair, like to be fair with them, like we kind of do share the same water. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah like, kind of like. 
what water are they going to do joint operations in except for the water right across from us? Water. Uh, so, yeah, ru- uh, the Russians and Chinese did a uh, joint uh, patrol near Alaska, not in not in Alaskan waters, uh, but, you know, near enough for uh, the Alaska for the U.S. to have to monitor it. It was I was I did not realize they were doing joint patrols. I think it's kind of funny. Uh, if, you, if you kind of humanize it, you just imagine like a Chinese like guy walking down, just doing a guard thing, and then a Russian guy joins him is like sharing cigarettes. Yeah, you see anything? I don't see. I don't anything. see anything, comrade. Like, you think there's any Americans out tonight? I hope not. Come closer, comrade. I am not scared. Yeah. Anyway, just some regular saber rattling. Nothing new. They they yeah. do these little patrols and operations. It does all the happen time. all the time. Yeah. Yeah, and then we we respond by bringing up destroyers and then bringing up F twenty twos. You know, just just it's just the same. It's just your standard like, don't get close to my fence, bark bark stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I, you know, I just thought it was interesting that this is what's happening in Alaska or next to Alaska. That uh, we are kind of the the uh, the frontier there. That is the the border between Russia and China versus the U.S. Well, at least the one that's not currently at war. Which uh, you know, let's hope we can keep it that way. Yeah, they don't want the smoke. They don't. Yeah. Well, China doesn't. I mean. Russia is uh, they're are they're already at war with uh, Ukraine there, and the Wagner Group. <laughs> what do you hear? That guy got assassinated. He certainly yeah. did. And I'm kind of wondering what his underlings are going to do about it. Well, half of his underlings got assassinated too. Yeah, yeah. I, some of them want revenge, but whether or not they actually get that, who knows? Uh, Wagner, the uh, the Russian uh, uh, military mercenary uh, mercenary group. group. Yeah. Uh, not in Alaska. They're in Africa and Ukraine, and Belarus. Yeah. So, and the Russians also have uh, been flying airplanes near Alaska's air defense zone. Uh, this was a couple weeks ago. Again, this is actually kind of routine, but uh, Russian military pl- planes. You know, pilots are probably happy that they're not on the front in Ukraine. Uh, uh, but were detected and tracked while uh, in our air defense zone or air identification zone. And the way I think that works is that, you know, there's, there's like multiple zones, you, you know, they're not allowed in our own airspace, but there's a certain gray area, gray area between airspaces where countries will fly their aircraft close to another country as yeah, like you said, saber rattling, um, but not uh, nothing illegal about that yet, but it does then cause that other country to uh, have to track them and, be ready to respond. Yeah, so pretty standard. I, I I think it's kind of old hat for us. I'm sure folks in the lower 48 are like, wait, what do you mean you got Chinese and Russians going <laughs> flying in your air and driving in your water? It's yeah. like, yeah, they kind of just you know, it's they 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 do that. They they that's just kind of part of being Alaskan. Is you got to get used to our our nation's enemies kind of just being there. Uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, I kind of I kind of appreciate that uh, we don't disagree too much on you know what <laughs> we we should be able to defend our country. This isn't. This is a rare issue that's not dividing our country, I think. Yeah, our, our mutual hatred well, well, of, <laughs> of, Russians and, of Russians and Chinese. Which, you know, the Chinese are left-wing authoritarian-ish, and the Russians are right-wing authoritarian. So, you know, as far if you were to assign a political leaning to them. I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Like, either way, they're yeah, don't like them. <laughs> Not a fan of their governments. 
Uh, yeah, I don't know. Do you know anything about the? So we are the Alaska's defense is. Uh, we've got a few military bases up here. We've got the Elmendorf Richardson, which uh, a couple of years ago was holding these exercises with uh, F-22s. you know anything about the F-22? Sadly, I do not. I meant to do some research on those, mm -hmm. but my uh, three-year-old trampled both uh, my laptops yeah, to yeah. death uh, and then put stickers on them. All right. Well, apparently they're supposed to be pretty good. State-of-the-art, yeah. Fifth generation. That's what they kept saying in um, uh, Top, Top Gun. Gun. Yeah, Maverick. yeah. Instead yeah. of identifying the enemy aircraft, they just kept calling them fifth-generation fighters. Yeah. And as far as I know, we are the only country in the world that has fifth gen fighters. Well, so then who are they attacking in Top Gun? I think it's supposed to be make believe Russian yeah. that can well, keep up with us. No, it was they kept it ambiguous as to whether or not it was Iran or North Korea. Yeah. It was it was the whole like it was almost a joke in the movie. <laughs> yeah. they, they made sure that you couldn't tell Iran or North Korea would be a joke yeah. <laughs> to develop well, state of the art Iran fighters. Is, is, is supplying Russia with the with drones. That's where they're getting their drones from. Is Iran? So yeah, I mean, you can create little toys. I mean, you could probably figure out how to three D print a, a drone uh, if you I, wanted. Who says I haven't? Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, it's that's what's interesting. That you know, getting off of Alaska and onto the Ukraine war. That it's been. No, we can't. We can't leave Alaska. You know, it's just well. This is again, Russia and China okay, are here, yeah. are you know who we have to defend ourselves against and. This war is showing that we've we're now out of Cold War era. You know, we had like we developed a whole lot of tactics for in the World War Two of how war change well war changed the World War war changes every war. Uh, but you know, World war, war Two changes. and kind of the Cold War, uh, you know, developed like certain tactics that you know have kind of stayed, and now things are changing with these drones and what that's doing in warfare, and so. This uh, this war in Ukraine is is changing how wars are going to be fought in the future. It's interesting to see how that's going to continue. Well, you know my opinion: Space Marines, orbital drop pod, well, Space Marines. Yeah, but if they've got a drone there before you've got your uh, Space Marines, I don't know, man. I played a few games. No Space Marines do pretty good. <laughs> All right. Any any other thoughts on uh, how Alaska is playing in the geopolitical stage? Honestly, we're just a big land. Not a lot mm. of people. Like we're just kind of hanging here, guys. Like <laughs> we get that we're in a tactical position, but yeah. All right. Well, we've got so little to do, apparently. Yeah. Being uh, in this prime position. That uh, natural disasters. Yeah, we're just gonna finish up with this story. Uh, that uh, Murkowski's interns took selfies with all 100 senators. Uh, I just thought this was a kind of a funny story and uh, one of those small ones that, you know what, we should bring more attention to this because we have a such a widely listened to podcast. Uh, yeah, I just thought it was kind of funny, kind of cute uh, that uh, her, her student interns all uh, found all 100 senators in the Capitol and... Uh, took selfies, and uh, they had had a few things to say about some of the senators. Taxpayer dollars at work, boys and girls. Well, I think it's great. I think it helps bring our senators together, which helps make, uh, you know, facilitate more cooperation and uh, allows them to get more work done. And, you know, also they gossiped about what the senators were doing. So, yeah. I don't think they. I don't think they gossip about any Republican senators. It looks like old Democrats. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's true. But that was also like kind of the best and worst. So 
Let's see. They said uh, Senator Cory Booker. Spartacus. Yeah. Uh, sincerely delightful. And he is the ideal selfie candidate <laughs> because he's so tall and was able to get them all in the picture with him. Uh, Senator uh, Kirsten Cinema uh, was the hardest to track down, apparently, which is entirely on brand for her. Many senators having tried to get her on board with uh, various pieces of legislation. They eventually found her. Ossoff was uh, at least uh, one of their favorites. They did not go into details uh, entirely about that, other than, uh, you know, he's, 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 he's on solo, man. Captain Millennium Falcon. <laughs> Do you remember that one? That was uh, when he was running for Senate. He was, he was so young that they found video of him in college at a Halloween party. We were stressed on this on solo and, and they uh, tried to campaign on that as him being unqualified for being in the Senate or something because it was just like cell phone footage of him being at a Halloween party in college. Uh, and then uh, Amy Klobuchar was the longest to track down, apparently. Uh, maybe she was off eating salad with a comb. Who knows? Uh, so what do you think of this? Uh, do, you, do you think? I don't think much of politicians. I don't think much of social media. So kind of putting them together. And I don't think much of interns. <laughs> so you you kind of got a trifecta of things I don't think much about. Okay. Well, I I think uh, this is a positive thing. I think uh, more more social media, more humanizing of our senators might, might, uh, might be a good thing. It might help uh, our country come together some. You know, I'll, I'll actually take that. So I do have an interesting thought, and that is more candid interviews. So like less of this like on the floor, like publicity stunning, but just kind of like more realistic, like less, less you know, like news reporters in your face. So you have to kind of put on an act mm -hmm. or like put on defenses. Just I think more candid interviewing and more candid like talking to and, and photographing and, and recording would be good just to know where things really lie. And hopefully they so politicians can put down the act long enough for us to kind of get the real them. Yeah. And then be disgusted by what we see so we can replace them with more wholesome people. But, um, you know, I was listening to some, I didn't listen to the uh, Republican presidential debate that was uh, yesterday as of this recording, uh, which, uh, but that was some of the, I, I listened to some punditry about it and that was, Kind of one of the things people were saying is that like uh, one of the reasons Trump was so popular, uh, he wasn't at this debate, but, you know, when he was running in 2016 and one of the reasons at, like this Vivek Ramaswamy was kind of a breakout uh, of this debate was that they weren't politicians and didn't sound like politicians. Yep. Uh, and I, you know, that is something that I think uh, there's just been some discussion on on how People have to sound more authentic now rather than uh, sound like politicians, uh, which, you know, going back to that Buddha judge visit like that, the uh, you know, they announced some policy thing at the end of the visit is this, this very politician thing to do uh, and is a very uh, like this is how politicians should act and used to act. And uh, I think this is them being more human. And being more fun might uh, might help people uh, be able to relate to them more and uh, advocate for the policies they want. I guess what I would say is interesting is I'm amazed that it's Alaska's interns are the first ones to think of this. Well, it was and pull this off. Uh, let's see. There was some note at the bottom here. 
All right, Murkowski's previous cohort of interns were the first to take up the senator selfie challenge, but only managed to get 75 of them. So, uh, again, I find it's interesting. NPR only includes, like, you know, kind of the snapshots and stories of just Democratic senators. You know, I didn't really no. notice until you pointed that out, but also those are the only ones that they talked about, which is interesting. Because well, yeah. they did all 100. And, you know, it's a roughly even split. And these were Republic Murkowski is a Republican who is well, right in the middle. Well, she's right in the middle. And so that's one of the reasons her interns, I think, would be able to do this is because they're very centrist as opposed to, you know, from some of the other some of the other senators who would be more extreme would, uh, you know, people from the other party or extreme ends of their party might be less willing to, uh, you know, do something fun <laughs> with but that is interesting that they had more to say about the democrats because they must have taken pictures with you know ted cruz and lindsey graham and all that yeah you would have thought you would have thought but they just didn't have as big a impact that's that's one theory yeah i didn't listen to the interview i just read the article so i don't know if it i don't think though it was the interview just saying well tell me about the democrats because it sounds like he asked like what, you know, who was your favorite and who was the hardest? And they they mentioned Democrats for all of those rather than being asked specifically about Democrats. So that is, that's interesting. That is, uh, yes, chin-stroking indeed. Yes, chin-stroking indeed. Well, in any case, yeah. All right. And that is Alaska in the news. All right. What do you think of that? All Alaska. You know, I love Alaska, so I yeah? love this episode. Okay, great. <laughs> now, excuse me, I got to go dredge out my garage and basement. You know, something I noticed is we didn't have as much that we disagreed on when we came to, to talking about stuff in Alaska. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess besides Democrat and Republican, we're both Alaskans, and so mm -hmm. we want what's best for our state. And when it comes to simple things like dollar amounts, I don't think we have anything to disagree about there. <laughs> <laughs> Show me the money. Yeah. So yeah, like yeah, enemies on our back door. Yeah. Natural disasters. Yeah, we come money together. coming in. Yeah, those are all things that we come together on. So that's yeah. Yeah. That's... So I kind of I kind of like that we did this episode that was all all Alaska focused and uh, not our not our usual arguing and and uh, stuff like that. But you know, a lot of things that we could come together on. And uh, I think there's a lesson to be learned here if I cared to think about it. Yeah. Something. I don't know. <laughs> Well, in any case, yeah. I, thanks for listening, folks. Uh, tune hope in you next time, and we clearly won't have learned any lessons. Well, take care, and uh, yeah, yeah. And if uh, if you buy a vehicle called an Alaska, let us know. Farewell from the frozen north.